0: Welcome to the Richer Geek Podcast. We're here helping people find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. I'm Mike Stoller, and in this podcast, you'll hear from others who are already doing these things and learn how you can too. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Stoller, your host of the Richer Geek Podcast. As many of you know, I have owned or managed over 1,500 doors from single-family homes, multifamily, and hotels. I've received so many questions about how I transitioned from multifamily to hotels. I've been featured on some of the, our nation's largest podcasts. I've spoken at national conferences about hotel investing. How do you do it? What are the differences between multifamily and hotel investing? What about franchises? What did I learn during covid Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am excited to announce that I'll be having a Hotel Investor Workshop on May 5th and 6th of 2023. If you're interested in hotel investing, please come join us. You can sign up on our website, therichergeek.com, go to the bottom of the page, and click on Training. I'm hoping to see you all there. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Richer Geek podcast. Today, we have Fred Moskowitz. Fred is, uh, he's got a little book. It's called The Little Green Book of Note Investing. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some note investing, some other ways that you can uh, perhaps get into passive income uh, streams. And uh, so we're just going to talk about some fund management and and, uh, all sorts of things. How are you doing, Fred?
1: Doing great. Thank you. Thank you for having me on today.
0: So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. A little background about me. Um, I started out uh, with a long, successful career working as a computer engineer. And I worked uh, at a lot of different technology startup companies, spent a lot of time in startup companies. And totally, uh, I loved that. It was the beginning of my career was at such an exciting time because it was like I was watching the the birth of the internet happened. And so uh, during that time, right, I was working at different startup companies. And uh, what happened was I watched literally watch this unfold in front of me, basically the whole industry, it got turned upside down because of the bursting of the, the dot-com bubble, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, back in the early two thousands, we had the bursting of the dot-com bubble. And then we had the September 11th terrorist attacks and all this turmoil uh, happening in the world. And the one thing that it made me realize was That I was way too dependent on the income for my engineering job, right? I love, I love the work I was doing. But there were so many circumstances that were completely outside of my control. Mm -hmm. And What I learned was that no matter how talented of an engineer I was or how valuable an employee I was, no matter what, if things were not going well financially at the company or in the industry at large, that I could quickly lose my job through no fault of my own. And so I came to this realization that I was taking a huge risk because the only source of income that I had was my paycheck. And so that started me down the path of seeking out other sources of income. And my goal was to have multiple streams of income so that I would no longer be dependent on the paycheck from my job. Mm-hmm. And so I got involved in a lot of real estate investing, doing doing a lot in Philadelphia, where I'm, I'm based out of, and that's my local market, um, had a lot of success with uh, real estate. And after a number of years, I got involved in node investing, which is basically investing in the debt side of real estate transactions. And I found that that was really something that I could scale easily and grow into something big. And so I went and pursue that that business uh, almost exclusively. And so over time, what was happening was that um, I was starting to get invited to speak and present at industry conferences. And I was talking about node investing and what I was doing. And a lot of people were coming up to me saying, hey, Fred, um, I love what you're doing with, with node investing. Seems like a great business, but it also seems complicated. There's a lot of moving parts there. And um, so could I maybe invest money with you or give you money to invest? Mm -hmm. And um, you go out and and buy notes. And for the longest time, I resisted against that. I said, no, I'm not really, I'm not allowed to do that. There's a lot of regulation, a lot of restrictions and SEC guidelines around uh, accepting investor money. And so for years, I w- was turning that down. But this, this just kept showing up over and over again. And so finally, I um, decided, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go about it the right way. And so I hired a securities attorney, and went about the uh, path to set up a fund, a property investment fund doing it the right way with the proper uh, offering and disclosures and all of that and um, and so that that was was a big part of, of the growth in my business so it's been an exciting journey for me uh, but I'm really uh, passionate about about node investing. I think that it's a great asset class. And the interesting thing is that, especially with real estate investors who spend a lot of time looking at the debt, looking at your your capital stack and financing in a transaction, right, whether it's for a single family residence or a multifamily deal, it doesn't matter. There's usually debt component involved, but with Node Investing, You are investing in that financing side of the transaction, and it's something that a a lot of investors, they don't know anything about, because when they think about a note and a mortgage, they think about being the borrower on that note and not being the investor. But when you buy a note and, and step into the shoes of the lender, you're able to step across the aisle from being the one that's making the monthly payments to being the one receiving those monthly payments. And that's what note investing is all about.
0: So take us through the process. Uh, At what point in the uh, mortgage note residential or commercial, can you Mm -hmm. start looking at, at buying it or taking it over?
1: Yeah, there's, there's so many, so many ways to do that, right? Certainly. Um, from from the origination side, you, you can originate a note. And um, this is very common in commercial transactions where the seller of a property will do owner financing as part mm-hmm. of the deal. They'll carry a note mm-hmm. for some or all of the the purchase and um, and be collecting payments and receiving cash flow. After they don't even own the property anymore, they've sold it to to a new owner. The new owner becomes the borrower on that note, and they're paying the prior owner of the property. So um, that's one way. Or you can originate loans as a hard money lender, very common as well. Um, The area I like to focus on is I buy notes on the secondary market. They've been originated by someone else. Maybe they've been bought and sold a few times in their history, but um, they've, they're established. They have a good track record on them. And so I found that that, that works for me, is buying notes that were originated in the past and um and they're set up already that they have a track record there's no right or wrong way about it there's so many so many business models that you can approach and it's a matter of finding what what works for you what is appealing and and what your goals and objectives are
0: do you need a any type of banking license anyone on staff in order to buy notes on a secondary market cuz you're now acting as a bank
1: You are, you're acting as a lender. Um, You are assuming all of the uh, rights and remedies that are in those loan documents. And and it's essentially a financial contract. So the answer to your question is some, it's a state specific. Some states, you do need to have a license. Other states, you do not. And it's something that as an investor, you need to evaluate on an ongoing basis. Um, uh, many states, what's very common is that the lender does not need to be licensed. However, they need to use the licensed loan servicer to handle the the management of those notes. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's required. So it really is state specific and, and you, you should know that as an investor. Uh, and it has to do with which state the loan that you're buying is located in that where that property is located.
0: Yeah. I'd, I'd be interested to see how the uh, Obama era Dodd-Frank act um, would, would fall into that. And um, cause I, I know a lot of people can't do the rent to owns anymore. They can't do uh, you know, a lot of the different things because of the Dodd-Frank and um, how that.
1: Yeah. That really made a big impact on owner finance. Mm-hmm. There are several efforts underway to um, ch- make some changes that are more favorable towards investors, um, mostly around allowing how many transactions an investor is able to originate per yeah. year, um, which really will open up that that market. It will offer more opportunities for home ownership for there, there's mm-hmm. a set. Segment of the population that they are well suited and well served by buying property with owner financing. They don't want to go to a traditional bank, traditional right. lender. Uh, maybe they're they're a business owner and they just don't qualify on paper. Mm-hmm. However, they do have the financial wherewithal, uh, and and would be a good borrower f- uh, for the note. And so they are seeking out owner financing transactions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of, lot of factors uh, at play there and uh, legislation and regulation. That's one of the risks in this industry of note investing because it's something you can't control. However, you do need to be uh, mindful and cognizant of what changes are coming from the government because it impacts all of us as investors.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. Now uh, you're book, The Little Green Book of Note Investing. Tell us a little bit about it, uh, what's in it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The Thank you. The book, I, I wrote that book um, with the objective of providing a high-level overview and outline of note investing for, for someone that might be just getting started, just learning about what note investing is all about. And so through each of the chapters, we cover the mortgage secondary market how that works why why is it that loans are bought and sold right because undoubtedly every single one of us has been impacted by the fact where we go we take out a mortgage we buy a property then within a couple of months we get that letter from the lender Mm -hmm. saying your loan has been sold here's the contact information starting next month you send Mm -hmm. your payments to the new lender um And so that's the secondary market at work. We also cover chapters on due diligence, how to analyze a note, how to look for problems and and conduct due diligence before you buy, Uh, how to manage notes, how to manage a portfolio, selecting loan servicer, which uh, loan servicers are one of the most important vendors in our industry as a note investor. Uh, I always recommend using a licensed loan servicer um, as as a service, whether it's required or not by by state law. It's still a good idea to do it because loan servicers, what they do, they manage all the day-to-day aspects of the note. They collect the payments. They take phone calls from the borrower. They answer questions. Um, they send out the tax statements at the end of the year. They keep track of the amortization schedule. All, all of that. There's so much, so much that goes on. And for a very nominal fee, they will handle that for, on behalf of the investor. It's almost like, here's the analogy I love. Uh, having a note servicing company manage your note is very Similar to the way a property manager will manage a rental property on behalf of the owner, I mean that's mm-hmm. that's the, the one of the best analogies I, I can talk about, and so um, that that's certainly something we cover in the book. In addition to that, uh, working with retirement accounts because uh, so using retirement self directed retirement accounts, self directed IRAs, four hundred one k's, it's a great source of capital to be able to use for note investing. And when you combine those tax benefits from using those accounts with um, the the profit and income from note investing, where by the way, there's no tax deductions, no tax benefits there. So it's all taxable income. When you put those two together, it becomes a very powerful combination. And so those are some of the the different topics that, that we cover, but really at the heart, I, I'm giving a high level overview of the business, how to get started, how to decide whether is, is it better for you as an investor to invest uh, buying a bunch of individual notes, or are you better off investing in a note fund where it's similar to an, uh, a syndication where Investors invest passively, the fund manager and their team go out, they analyze the notes, buy them, and then generate cash flow and income from Mm -hmm. that. So it, it really covers a wide spectrum of topics. But after reading the book, you come away with a really great base understanding. And from there, you can start to branch out and look at other aspects of the industry.
0: Where can people find the book?
1: Well, the, the book is available on Amazon. You can search for it by title, which is the Little Green Book of Node Investing.
0: Sounds good. And what kind of, if someone is interested, what kind of a return are you seeing
1: on notes in general? Yeah, on
0: the notes, or on your fund, or you know, uh, what are you yeah, giving people so, now?
1: Yeah. So, in in general, um, it, this really comes down to how much risk. An investor is willing to take Right there's notes that are low Risk notes there's notes that have higher Higher risk and more problematic mm-hmm. And it's like anything else um, If you if you want low Risk then you're Going to get a lower rate of return if you Want higher higher return You do have to take on more risk And um, as far as A range um, I would say on the low side five and six percent return um if you want to get into uh more taking on more risk you can get up into double digits 15 16 18 percent is common um especially some of these uh short-term loans like hard money loans to investors they command a pretty pretty steep pretty aggressive return Mm -hmm. Uh, And the the downside of that is that their short-term loans are usually six-month loans or 12 months loans. And so for you as an investor, your job is to, when that money goes out and then the money comes back quickly and you have to redeploy that, Mm -hmm. right? So that's part of that that trade-off. So it, it really is across the board. There's no right or wrong answer. It's all about finding what works best for you and your comfort level as an investor, and then you go from there. And over time, what the the trend I usually see, which happened to me and uh, others that I know in the industry over time, you get more, more experience, you get more comfortable taking on more risk, handling more problematic uh, items. And so you, you can do different, different deals, get involved in different deals that way. But, you know, like anything else you start out small, always crawl. All before you walk, get your comfort level, build up, build up a network and uh, relationships with the people that are going to help you succeed in your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like any, any other type of investing, right?
0: That's right. Yeah. You always <laughs> need the mentor. You always need the coaches. Absolutely. Um, learn from our mistakes is, is, is what I say now, you know, what is uh, so someone, let's say you buy a $5 million note. It's a hotel they stop paying you. Do you get that hotel? Do you have to foreclose on them? You have to go through that process. How does that work with when they, if they don't pay?
1: Well, how, how that works. Um, lenders always um will have that recourse in in their loan documents to Mm -hmm. the ability to pursue the property through through foreclosure depend on what state it's in it's going to be what's called a judicial foreclosure or Mm non-judicial and um what i what i found mike is that in those situations where there is a default Usually the best resolution is when all the parties can come together and work out an agreement, work out a solution. Uh, loans often will can be restructured or uh, come up with a, a payment plan to help things get back on track. Because th- this is a reality, um, no lender wants to take a property back. That's not what they want. They they didn't get into lending so that they, they could go out and get properties. It's not the objective. Uh, the lender wants uh, the terms of the terms of the debt to be honored, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, working together, uh, whether it's through in- intermediaries or directly with the borrower, um, that's how you you get things back on track and and get. Re- get the lender wants to, wants to get paid in the end. And so a lot of times from the borrower's perspective, there might be, have been a problem. There was a, a temporary scenario that came up, whether it's in the operation of the hotel uh, management issues um, a pandemic and anything like that, but given enough time and um, the desire to come together and work in agreement, then that's how you can get a resolution. And mm-hmm. in the end, uh, very few hotels, very few properties actually get to a sale where a sale is happening, where it actually takes place. The majority of the time it gets worked out um, before that. Mm-hmm. And that that's what everyone wants. The lender does, want, does not want the property back. Uh, the borrower does not want to lose the property either, and so coming together to an agreement is um, the most likely outcome. And frankly, it's the one that's best for everyone. It,
0: it yep. really is. Yep, I, I I agree. You know, for um, yeah, that's just a sticky situation, and you know, especially since COVID, you know, a lot of times it's not even it's no one's fault. It's it's COVID's fault, right? So it's yeah. Uh, and that hurts everybody. No one's getting paid. Um, so it's just it's always good to try to work things out.
1: It is, it is. In the end, it, it's always um, the the best approach. And um, you know, like I said, usually what's needed is time, more time to allow mm-hmm. for stabilization, stabilization of a property or of an asset. And if the right team is in place, that can happen it can happen um mm-hmm. in an effective
0: way yeah right so uh Fred you know people are listening uh they might be focused and, and interested on notes where can people find you
1: yeah I, thank you um I love connecting with with investors speaking with investors learning about what what people do networking is such a big thing part of of my business as, as a node investor. And uh, and I love it. I love doing it. Love connecting. So the best way to get in, uh, in touch with me is uh, can reach out through my website, which is fredmoskowitz.com or for an easier spelling, you can go to giftfromfred.com and uh, sign up on my website. I can send out a special report about node investing. Now, as an alternative, if uh, you prefer to connect using your mobile uh, device, smartphone, you can text me as well by texting the keyword money to the phone number 215-461-4433 and then just following the prompts there. Uh, but as I said, I love uh, love hearing from you, love connecting with uh, with investors. It's fascinating to me. Investors do so many different things. They get involved in all these different deals, mm-hmm. especially those of us in the alternative investment space. And so I find it fascinating to just learn about that, learn about that, spend some time being curious, uh, hearing about what others do, because uh, there, there's just, it's such a diverse world out there. and And I love learning.
0: It is. Uh, now, everybody, if you're interested in notes, Fred and or uh, text him. Uh, Fred, I appreciate you being on The Richer Geek. Uh, you've been uh, very helpful in t- taking us through mortgage notes, and uh, we hope you have a great evening. Thank you, Mike. Great speaking with you, and it was great being on the program. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to The Richer Geek Podcast where we're helping others find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. For today's show notes, including all the links and resources from our show and more information about our guests, visit us at www.TheRicherGeek.com slash podcast. And don't forget to jump over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. Share with others benefit from listening and leave a rating and review to get the podcast in front of more eyes i appreciate you and thanks for listening